Hello, everyone, and welcome into another one-off game-specific game preview episode of the Stretch Big Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Bigelow, and today we are talking about, once again, another very big non-conference game for Nebraska men's basketball, as this weekend they travel to an old Big 8 rival, an old Big 12 rival, the can they will be finishing a three-game series with the Kansas State Wildcats on Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Uh, the game, unfortunately, is only available on ESPN Plus due to the Big 12's weird uh, Big 12 Now media rights package that with ESPN, where they have a bunch of uh, rather marquee matchups end up on ESPN Plus, and of course now that game is also starting at the same time as the NCAA Volleyball National Championship game between Nebraska and Texas on Sunday afternoon, and uh, Sunday could be a rather large day for Nebraska athletics on multiple levels, but on the basketball front, Nebraska travels to Kansas State, like I said, the third game in a three-game series. Um, last year, the game was at a, a quote-unquote neutral site matchup in Kansas City at the T-Mobile Center. I was in attendance for that one. Uh, Kansas State's team last year, they wound up in the Elite Eight uh, with Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel, um, and Jerome Tank's first year. They really uh, took off, made the Elite Eight, and I, I say quote-unquote neutral about the game last year because there was a there was a Power Cat logo on the court and around K State's band was in the building uh, a lot more purple than there was red in the T Mobile Center uh, last year and that game was a seventy one to fifty six uh, Kansas State victory. And then the first game in the series was in December of twenty twenty one, which was in Lincoln and Kansas State won that game sixty seven. 58 one of Bruce Weber's um, <laughs> last wins at the helm of uh, at uh, Kansas State before he was let go and Jerome Tang was hired so the rare um, the rare home neutral away a uh, series three game three games over the uh, span of three seasons but Nebraska heads to Kansas State with they both have identical records uh, sitting at eight and two on the season. Uh, Kansas State, they have already played in four overtime games this year. They have won all four of them. Wins against Providence at the, oh, what neutral, that was, was one of the Thanksgiving week uh, tournaments. I forget which one it was uh, to be um, specific. They also went to overtime with Oral Roberts at home, which was a 10-point win. They went to overtime with North Alabama at home, which they won by a point. And then they defeated Villanova by a point in overtime three days later. So Kansas State, they have already been battle-tested. They are probably coming off their most complete performance of the year. They went to Baton Rouge and defeated LSU 75-60 to uh, this past Saturday. So Kansas State is going to be coming in off of an eight-day-long layoff, Nebraska will have seven days between their games. So here, a little on Kansas State's personnel, then we can get into the metrics. Uh, names to know for Kansas State. Um, it starts with uh, 
you know, they kind of have a little three-headed monster going right now, and it's with uh, Tyler Perry, who is a transfer guard from North Texas, uh, Arthur Kaluma, who was at Creighton up until this season, and then uh, their third guy is actually their leading scorer, and that's Cam Carter, who was on the team last year, um, and he transferred in from Mississippi State prior to last season. So all of those guys are averaging more than 16 a game. So they're getting just under 50 a game from three guys in Carter, Kaluma, and Perry. Uh, their starting forwards, Will McNair, 6'11", he's their new five-man, uh, obviously with the situation surviving, not surviving, surrounding Naquan uh, Tomlin and his departure. Uh, then David Ingesson is their fifth starter um, he is averaging seven points per game and eight boards on the season. They really only have one guy on the bench who plays significant minutes, and that is uh, freshman Dayday Ames. Um, he is a he is a Chicago kid. I think he might he's one from one of the big high schools, if I remember correctly. But he's a freshman out of Chicago. Um, was a big get. Oh, he's from Kenwood, Kenwood Academy in Chicago. But he was a Jordan Brand classic guy, uh, all Chicago area kid, and um, you know played for Mike Irvin in Chicago too. That's a name if you know uh, you know Chicago uh, basketball. But Dana Ames is kind of the only guy who plays significant minutes off the bench. He is kind of, I think they kind of sold him on the come be Marquise Noel. He kind of shows flashes of. You know, playing like Marquise Noel. I don't think he's going to be shooting any uh, Steph Curry threes where he pulls up and then uh, turns around and before the shot even goes in. But he's their most significant uh, bench contributor, averaging six points a game, plays about 25 minutes a game. And then it's about a 10-minute drop-off to the next couple guys, and they really aren't uh, averaging that much. A couple freshmen in there in R.J. Jones, uh, Drell Colbert's a sophomore, and then they also have uh, Taj Manning, Kansas City kid. Um, they've really gone in on the local you know, Midwest recruiting under Tang, and he's got a good recruiting staff. But Cam Carter, Kaluma, and Perry are kind of, you know, that's going to be the big challenge on defense for Nebraska. I, you know, reached out to some friends in the coaching ranks, guys who have seen, uh, whether it be Tyler Perry uh, the last couple of years at North Texas, or you know, I reached out to someone on a staff who you know has seen Kansas State up close uh, this year. The description I got of Tyler Perry, uh, he's a shot maker. He doesn't have great quickness or explosiveness, but just he gets to his spots and makes shots. He's a gritty, tough guard, always has a knack for big shots, big moments. Uh, and right when you feel like you've done a good job defending him, and gave him cont- and have him contained. He'll take and make a big shot when it matters late. He hit a big step back late to beat Villanova uh, just a couple uh, ten days ago now. As I sit here recording this, so that uh, you know lines up with the feedback I got on Perry um, Arthur Kaluma. He's kind of coming into form right now. Uh, f- like I said, transferred in from Creighton. Um, he's long. He's you know long, athletic. Kind of was, you know, struggling to start the season. I checked some of his box scores, 
couple one for tens, couple two for double digit shot attempts, but he was the Big 12 player of the week last week, kind of rounding into his own, you know, down in Manhattan. He's averaging, you know, like I said, 16 and a half, also eight boards on 47% shooting, uh, 38% from three for Kaluma as well. He, you know, he's. He's a big guy at six seven. You know, I think he's six seven, six eight. You know, he'll play three four. Um, we'll try to take some, you know, some some guys off the dribble. Try to blow by you, get to the rim, and finish. But he also will take his fair share of uh, no no yes threes. I think um, anyone who's watched Creighton in the last couple of years can attest to Kaluma not exactly having the best shot selection. But, you know, he, he prefers to drive. He tries to use his length, athleticism, finish through contact at the rim. Uh, Cam Carter, he didn't exactly impress me when I saw him up close or when I watched any of the team last year, but he's obviously taken a jump. 6'3", junior, he'll be the two-guard with Perry. Um, and he's been, you know, he's been up and down, like I said, you know, in his uh, career at K-State. Uh, he's you know, upped his field goal percentage from last year and his averages. Sitting at 41% from the field, 31% from three. He, he, he'll take them, but he's still trying to find find that touch from outside. So that's, you know, that's kind of Kansas State's big three. Carter, I mean, they're athletic. They're, they're, I mean, they're, some, they're athletic. Uh, Perry's not the biggest. He's, you know, listed at 5'11". That might be a little generous, but... As someone who spent way too much time watching the uh, Conference USA basketball due to some connections to that conference the last couple of years, you know he's legit. He's uh, he's a bucket, big shot taker, big shot maker, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the ball is in his hands if we've got a tight game down the stretch. Uh, looking at the metrics on Kansas State, they are um, on Ken Palm there, 67th offense efficiency, 40th in defensive efficiency. Uh, they're eight and two on the year. Two losses. They lost their opener on a neutral in Vegas to USC. That game was never really close. I know the score says thirteen, but USC dominated that one. And then they fell to Miami in that same Thanksgiving tournament they were in, where they knocked off Providence. Couple close results at home, like I mentioned, the overtimes against Oral Roberts, North Alabama. Um, they've shown, you know, if if shots aren't falling from the outside, uh, they're they're gettable. And I think that's you know. Defense is going to be the big key to this one for Nebraska. I think they, you know, they may allow some of these guys to take threes. I think they need, uh, you know, they may see how Kaluma's looking before they're, you know, staying attached to him from the outside. But like I said, he prefers to, you know, try to take you off the dribble, finish through contact inside. That's where he has really shown his flashes. Uh, They do... Their bit, their brightest green on their Ken Palm page is their offensive rebounding. They are the number 12 team in the country in terms of offensive rebounds. They get a ton. And Fred Hoiberg talked about it today in his uh, media availability about how physical the Kansas State is and how they love to get after you on the offensive glass. They've got some great size in their starting lineup, you know, one through five. They're starting big McNair. He's 6'11". Uh, you know, David and Gessen is, you know, 6'9". You got Kaluma at six eight, and then a little, little bit of a drop off with the 
you know, the backcourt with Carter and Perry. But they've got good length, good athleticism, some big athletic dudes, and they like to play physical. You know, Jerome Tang from that Scott Drew coaching tree, um, going to play some physical, high-pressure, up-in-your-face defense. I'm sure they'll try to speed Nebraska up a little bit, probably try to get them to rush and panic, probably you know, try to get it to look like the Creighton game when the Creighton game started to go south. That's the brightest green on their Ken Palm page. It's also you know, the, the, their highest-rated category on Torvik as well, looking at, uh, looking at their metrics. You know, they're projected to be bottom half, mid-pack of the Big 12, which is extra deep this year, with 14 teams. But they're kind of in a similar boat, you know, metrics-wise, to, to Nebraska. I mean, it's comparable. Um, they've obviously had a, you know, got some big, some big fish on this uh, non-con slate compared to what Nebraska has, but I think they're they're fairly comparable, even though they're twenty spots apart. You know, in Ken Palm, um, you know, Nebraska, Nebraska's ahead of them on Torvik by <laughs> they're they're nine spots ahead of them on Torvik, but twenty spots behind them on Ken Palm. If that tells you uh, the difference between some of uh, the metrics, so. Projection-wise, Ken Palm says Nebraska uh, says Kansas State by five gives Nebraska about a 33% chance to win. Torvik has this down to a two-point game and a 60-40 split in terms of ring of win probability. And then Evan Mayakawa, I uh, recently took the plunge, decided to subscribe to Evan's site, and he says Kansas State by seven is his projected line. So it's kind of all over the place, but I think this one is 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 gettable. I don't, you know, the I'll you know remind the people of it again. The Scott Frost Purdue we had a winnable game. I say this game is winnable. I, I've kind of been beating that drum since the start of the season, middle of uh, middle of the non-con. You know, watching K State a little bit. You know, I think the biggest thing. You know, they Kansas State has the edge in athleticism, the edge in you know, length and physicality, but Nebraska, if they want to be what Fred Hoiberg has said they want to be, talk about defense being the constant, you know, not getting tired, being tired of getting punked, you know, all the, some of the talk we've heard uh, these last couple, uh, you know, weeks from, you know, Nebraska bouncing back from the tough results against Creighton and Minnesota. And this is going to be a game where you can put that to the test, especially coming off of, you know, a layoff coming off of finals, you know, we heard from C.J. Wilcher today, and he said this is completely, you know, it's been a different week than uh, the last time they had a week off, which was going into Creighton. He kind of confirmed my suspicion. Uh, he said that, you know, that week off they were really focused on Creighton, Creighton's stuff, how they looked against Oklahoma State, and it was not, you know, they were locked in on Creighton, and this week they've been more locked in on themselves, according to C.J. Wilcher. Another thing we heard from Fred when we t- heard from, when you know media media availability this afternoon, he talked about Josiah Alec. Said he was back, full participant in practice. Um, though, you know, he's trending toward being available for Sunday. Would be good to have him back. You know, with the the physical nature that it appears this game will have. Also, you know, unprompted. You know, the, he was asked a question about Jamarcus Lawrence, and he kind of unprompted brought up the backup uh, point guard spot. Thought Sam Hoiberg gave. Nebraska good minutes at that spot against Michigan State. Then he, uh, you know, touted Jerron Coleman. Said he's had a great week of practice and he'll likely soon get another shot uh, back out there. Uh, once again, noticeably did not mention Ramel Lloyd Jr. 
who has happened to uh, deactivate his Twitter and Instagram as of today. So maybe we'll hear some news on that with the end of the semester. That's just my wild speculation, but uh, we continue to not hear anything about Ramel Lloyd. But, you know, Coleman and Sam Hoiberg, I'm sure we'll see them both. I'll be interested to see if we see the freshman again. Matar Jope, he might fit right in with the physicality of uh, crashing the boards in this game. But, you know, that's that's kind of the all the takeaways we got from hearing from CJ and Fred Hoiberg media availability. Um, so, you know, my thoughts on the game. What are the keys for Nebraska? It's, you know, it starts on D. I really think it starts on defense. You know, if you let Perry, Carter, or Kaluma get going or get open shots, that could, you know, be a problem. I think I'll, I'll be interested to see, you know, I, I'm going to guess Bryce Williams will draw the assignment of Kaluma to begin. Maybe Jawan Gary. Um, you know, I think, you know, they'll, they may switch, take turns on that. Um, Jamarcus Lawrence on Perry, that's another matchup that has me intrigued. Um, I think they, I don't know what they do with Kese Tomanaga defensively. Uh, I don't think the matchup with Cam Carter or Perry is very uh, beneficial for Kese. Um, maybe, you know, I'll be interested to see, you know, Nebraska doesn't exactly do a lot of man-to-man D, um, especially with the flying around and the zones and, you know, what they like to do. Kansas State doesn't, exa- doesn't have a lot of post touches either. They, you know, uh, they're big. He's he's a traditional you know back to the basket kind of big guy, um, you know their their big guys are not really you know they're not really up there on their you know in their contribution charts and Gessen is limited per Ken Palm and Will McNair is a role player but it, yeah it's really Perry Carter Kaluma and then every anything else they get outside of those three is it appears to be an added bonus so defense, the defensive intensity, and then the rebound battle. I think this will be a huge game for Juwan Gary and Rink Mast. And, you know, we saw Mast, you know, among the trees in that Michigan State game. Uh, Juwan Gary's, you know, play around the rim was critical down the stretch for Nebraska as well. I think those two are the biggest keys, you know, defensively and offensively, honestly, for for Nebraska. Because I think, you know, the way Kansas State defends – I mean, they're going to get up under you. They're going to play physical. I think this is going to be another tough day at the office for Kese Tomonaga. Um, I think you know Nebraska is definitely going to have to get out on the perimeter and you know and help him. You know, I talked about it. If you've heard my radio spots this week or you've listened to the recap pod for, of the last three games, someone's got to go set a screen. Someone's got to help him out, try to get him free because I think he's probably going to be the focal point. And then you know, just like the defensive matchups on one end. I'd be interested to see Kansas State, you know, Kaluma likely draws Williams, um, you know, how they how they defend Nebraska. I think, you know, defense for both teams is going to be critical. I'm interested to see what the crowd looks like. I didn't know Bramlage sits tw- the Bramlage Coliseum sits 12,000 people, but it'll also be the Sunday after the semester ends. So we'll see what that crowd's like. I know whenever Nebraska comes to town in other sports, uh, Kansas State fans Still embrace it all these years later. Um, I know volleyball made a trip down there recently. Baseball go down there sometimes too, and they're all Nebraska is still always uh, giving a warm welcome back, to put it lightly. I'm interested to see what the crowd's like for an afternoon Sunday uh, tip, especially given the recent you know turmoil at Kansas State with the Naquan Tomlin situation. A lot of 
vitriol toward the university president because it appears that his dismissal didn't have much to do with Jerome Tang or the athletic director Gene Taylor. It appears to be all on the university president, and he is not uh, – He's, he's probably public enemy number one in Manhattan right now. A lot of discourse, and especially with uh, Louisville trending toward firing uh, Kenny Payne, uh, there will be a lot of talk about Jerome Tang possibly being on the move, given the administrative situation and some big jobs appearing to possibly be coming open, like Louisville and Michigan. And with how quickly he turned around Kansas State, you know, he waited. He uh, you know, was at Baylor with Scott Drew for 19 seasons, didn't take his first head coaching job until he was in his 50s. And with how well he's done at Kansas State in a short amount of time, I'm sure his name will be heavily linked to some possible big jobs opening soon. I think this game is gettable for Nebraska, but I also think it's kind of ripe to be a letdown spot. I think it'll be tight. I, I don't see either team you know blowing the other team out. It'll come down to making shots late and the physicality, you know, who's, who can weather the storm, uh, you know, weather the storm, get to the line, try to, you know, stay out of foul trouble. I think that'll be a pretty big difference. Um, once again, not a score prediction guy, not going to make a, you know, not going to, you know, try to make any calls. I think this game will be close. I think it'll be, you know, I don't think it'll get into the eighties. I think if it gets into the eighties, Nebraska might be in trouble, but if Nebraska can keep it, you know, high 60s, mid 70s, I think they'll be in a good spot. And it'll be a matter of, you know, who's taking and making big shots down the stretch on Sunday afternoon. I will be in the building on Sunday. You can follow along on social media with me at the game. If you're not going to be locked in on volleyball, at Jacob A. Bigelow on Twitter. You can follow the show at Stretch Big Pod. On Twitter, we had a Facebook page, too. You can search for the show, like the show, show any support. Um, if you haven't yet, you can leave a review on Apple or Spotify. That really helps me out. You can leave a rate. Uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback. I know I was uh, I was off for you know 11 days between episodes, had some personal stuff. And then producer Matt in the on the ones and twos also was fairly busy. Uh, it's just that time of year in December. So appreciate everyone for sticking with us. Uh, thanks for tuning in to a quick little preview of Kansas State. Uh, yeah, Kansas State, Nebraska. Nebraska's last shot at kind of a marquee non-conference win. Uh, they do have two non-con games after this, but they're back to the gimmies, uh, North Dakota and South Carolina State. So if Nebraska pulls it off on Sunday, it would be a big road win. Once I'm back from Manhattan, I will hop on and do a uh, you know a little game recap if uh, the game goes Nebraska's way. If not, we'll probably come to you um, looking ahead to North Dakota and South Carolina State uh, early next week. But I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Be sure to tell somebody you love them, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.